Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Globe Observer podcast. My name is Jada and I'm the founder of Globe Observer and the teacher of the course How to Break into the Fashion Industry, with which I've already helped many girls get into dream job at companies such as LVMH, Girlland, Dior and many others. In today's episode, we're going to talk about starting a fashion magazine with Domi Perek, the editor-in-chief and creative director of Mass Magazine. Mass Magazine was one of the first online fashion magazines and published its first issue in 2014. They got 1 million readers already for the first issue and on the second issue Chanel was on the cover. Domi met her co-founders at professional events such as Fashion Week, which she was attending during her internship at a fashion magazine in Switzerland. In this episode, she told us how much she invested to create the first issues, what it takes to create an issue, how she got a proposal from Condonas and how they work together now, what platform they used to publish the online issue, how Mess went from a bi-monthly magazine to publish a book with 400 pages, and how she makes money from her magazine, since it is available for free online. Before setting this super interesting episode, I just wanted to let you know that I'm hosting a free webinar next week on Tuesday, July 13th on how to get a job in fashion within 7 days. I will leave you the link into the description box so you can register for free to the live webinar. See you all on Tuesday and let's start this new great episode. Hi, Domi, and welcome to the Glam Observer podcast. I'm very excited to have Hello. you on the show. Hello guys, I'm excited as well. Thank you for having me. My name is Domi Parekh and um, I am a fashion editor and creative director of Mess Magazine. I also work uh, exclusively with Condé Nast and a couple of other publications. Um, and I've been in the fashion industry since forever, so I'm really excited to share with you some tips and um, knowledge, I hope. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. So- <laughs> Let's start from the beginning. What did you study and what was your first job? Okay, so my story is a little unusual, I would say, because I actually started um, when I was around 12 years old, building like um, different websites and platforms um, that were originally fan pages. But then slowly I transitioned into blogging so I had one of like the most popular like fashion blogs back then when I was around 14, 15. And oh, from what, that what was point, the name? Well, it was just my name. But then basically, if you really look through, you will still find some, um, I mean, for me, these are really embarrassing photos of myself <laughs> when I was a teenager trying to, you know, make a be cool and uh, I don't know, make a fashion blog and write and all of that. So yeah, um, you can still, if you Google it, you can still find that. Um, But I completely deleted that blog after, let's say, two years because I I wanted to write. And back then, um, if you were a fashion blogger, it was completely not cool. Actually, you you were kind of like an outsider. So nobody was kind of respectful um, Mm -hmm. in a way. So... If you didn't have a real job or you were not a professional, you were not really respected. So then I thought, okay, let me start to really 
you know, do something with my life and with my career. So I actually started to write and um, I would write a lot of things um, from fashion to entertainment and send my articles to different magazines and different platforms in order to be published. And when I was around 17, I would already have like, um, you know, I would have a lot of jobs from different platforms and magazines writing for around 17 different publications and oh, having cool. like the yeah steady income coming from just writing basically mm-hmm. um and I was still actually my story is very unusual because I was always homeschooled um and um I had a lot of free time I would say mm-hmm. to do what I wanted and then basically it all it, I became like let's say really successful in picking up these jobs and picking up these opportunities that were available online. And it was just, you know, it was just the time when the digital era was really starting to to be big. So it was a great time to really kind of pick up those opportunities, first as a blogger, then as a writer, then get a couple of internships. And actually, my first job was, I, I scored my first job when I was 18. And I was... Um, a junior marketing manager uh, in one of the companies in Los Angeles, actually managing bloggers, um, Mm. doing press releases, uh, managing collaborations, um, doing all the copywriting and all of that, Um, as well as, you know, marketing and all these strategies. It was just all on me. So that was my actual first job. you know, which was great because I, I had a lot of experience. And um, after that, I, I started my internship um, in Switzerland. And, and actually, the first magazine that was published online in the world. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of had like different, I would say, jobs and, and different opportunities that I picked up. And then pretty much I met a couple of people in, in LA and we thought that we wanted to do something. And back then I wanted to start my own label because I was coming from this blogging kind of background. So a lot of people would start their own labels and try to, you know, sell their items online and make like e-commerce shops, Mm -hmm. the first e-commerce shop. So that was my plan. So I already had the money saved up from the jobs. Um, and actually, we decided to do um, an online magazine since I had a lot of experience from, you know, varying from writing to like uh, putting up marketing strategies. I had a lot of connections. I knew, you know, how to how to collaborate with people and all of that. So it was kind of easy to to put up a team, invest the first, I would say, seed fund in the in the company, and just kick it off. And this is how we started. Uh, Miss Magazine, pretty much. Yeah, it was it was pretty exciting for me back then. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's so interesting because you were so young and you already had so many experiences. You already pitched yourself to get your yeah. articles and your work out there. Yeah, so that's I was I worked like I really worked like crazy. I have to admit. Um, I think I I still actually have my old like old laptop. Um, you know, where I store all these articles, which I wrote, 
<laughs> pretty much and i have i i, I think i have around 2000 articles which i wrote like in around 6 7 months of wow. time and i would send and then um i don't know how many articles i sent to different platforms but some of the platforms would actually post let's say six articles of mine per day so i would constantly uh write and i i would really want to perfect my craft like in writing and and that was my goal and i think that's that's how i was actually discovered i would say because um yeah, I had to push myself a little, but then it was easy to kind of bring attention of the right people and have the right internships and, and the first job. And then, you know, I just decided that I actually wanted to um, create the industry by myself, not just to work in a job, you know, to have a job. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. And can you tell us a little bit about the concept mm -hmm. behind your fashion magazine, mm -hmm. math magazine? Yes, of course. So basically, um, we started off um, as one of like the first online magazines in fashion. Um, so we started January 2014, officially. But um, before that, we, we had we did a lot of planning and um, mm -hmm. um, designing you know in terms of strategies and all of that so when we actually launched the platform it was uh in top 10 online fashion magazines and that was already quite i would say quite a success um and we've always had this idea of creating um a creative community and when you, um, when you say we who are you talking about you and well my yeah my me and my co-founders that we started the whole project with how many uh, how many co-founders there yeah. were three other people originally but it it was kind of cut down to three people including me so mm -hmm. yeah we have two other people that started this with me. How did you meet? So basically, I when I was doing my uh, internship, the magazine would already send me to Fashion Weeks and they would like literally send me there and like pay for my trip and all of that. So I would be completely free and happy just to focus on writing. And um, I met a lot of different people, you know, just basically from these events. And I kind of you know started to talk and i did the networking and this is how we met basically we met through professional events through a fashion week in fact and uh, we just clicked in fact starting the magazine wasn't my idea but i was the first one to pick up um, this idea and kind of move it forward yeah but were you living all in the same city actually no because back then i would have an internship in switzerland mm -hmm. however um, i would be between let's say us and europe all the time um and they were they were international people however we all met in los angeles so this mm -hmm. is how it started and how did you manage and your then, relationship and work um if mm -hmm. you didn't live in the same city well basically we were when we started the company we all had to focus on one thing so let's say we would be actually let's say 30 40 minutes from each other so it was kind of easy to communicate and and to you know commute as well so um we managed pretty easily i would say and then obviously when 
we automated the business, let's say after like a year or a year and a half, then I pretty much started to travel a lot. And um, yeah, then it all changed. But I would say the first, I don't know, eight, 10, even 12 months, they were pretty much in one place. Mm-hmm. So um, we had a lot of, we had, a, you know, I don't know, like we we use until now pretty much the online tools to communicate. We communicate the most via online tools and it's been always like that. But then obviously if you really have to brainstorm on a project or pick something or actually realize a project, like do something about it, then obviously you come together and you do it. Um, so in the beginning, I would say we've had a lot of projects that we were working on together. However, now it's more like we know our roles and that's it pretty much. That's all about it. It's another level of working now. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I can imagine. So let's talk about how to mm-hmm. launch a fashion magazine. So what were your first step to launch your first issue? I think the first steps would be that um, obviously I had to um, hire like a really good graphic designer. And um, we actually with the with the three people, we researched, let's say half of the internet, half of the online creative people and their portfolio and we uh, handpicked the people that we want to feature in the in the first issue so we've had a lot of different editorials and a lot of different people that was quite um like it, it was quite um an epic issue because we basically we didn't really know what we wanted to create we just wanted to feature really amazing people. So we just pretty much accepted every single yes that we got back then. And this is how, how we made it happen. But obviously, before creating and, and publishing this whole project, I would say there is always a lot of planning and um, designing in terms of strat- like um, strategies and and how you want to build your channels, how you want to publish it. And obviously the financial part, which is, I think, the most important and it's completely um, underrated. Uh, I think a lot of people in the fashion industry, they kind of don't think about it. And then, you know, the project moves on and then it's like a suicidal mission. So I would say financial planning, putting up a great team, accepting um, great opportunities, and trying to research great people that we could work with. I think that was the first thing that we did, the first steps that we that we took. Yeah. Yes, and how much did you have to invest to start <clears throat> with your first issue? Well, basically, I initially put around 80, 90,000 of euros in the project and the project i mean in the first thing so from that we could actually kind of focus on all of the so it included it was the first seed and from that money i would say we did like i would say two or three issues and after mm-hmm. that actually the project um started to make money itself so we remade i mean i remade the money uh, but that was the first investment which I did, and that was the money which I actually earned, you know, from these different jobs, from you know my job as a marketing manager, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I just uh, really believed in it. I really believed in doing something online, doing an online magazine or doing a creative online community. So I just put the money in it. And I was really excited to, you know, start kind of executing all my crazy ideas, which actually worked. So yeah. <laughs> So it's uh, it's the biggest satisfaction you can ever have if you really believe in something and you invest in it and then you see it grow. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And how do you find the people you want to work with? I mean, maybe photographers, stylists, and also brands and people to feature on the on the magazine. So I would say from the end of 2017. We actually don't manage that, let's say, manually. Like, we actually don't research the people like we used to. I would say we have an extensive network of people through our partners, such as Fashion Weeks or even Condé Nast. So we basically exchange these contacts, and this is how we actually work with people. We actually do not accept any submissions. We produce and publish exclusively all, all our, you know, photo shoots, all our editorials or advertorials. So everything is, is made in-house, I would say, by our people or the people that we work with, but by the magazine. So um, it's it's never like we actually just research people and we write to them like, hey, we want to publish you. This is no, not, not um, happening anymore. Yeah, and I would say if you are, let's say, in the industry for a few years and you have a certain level of establishment, then it becomes really easy to kind of pick the right contacts and the right talents around because you are always traveling, you're always doing projects, you're always meeting people, you're always at some fashion week. So through that, you can meet a lot of great people and and work with them. And how many readers did you have now? Well, basically, our readership pretty much not changed since we launched the first issue, which is um, quite stable and happy fact. But at the same time, I'm not sure why why it is on that on the same level. I would say we have um, around one million readers per one issue, which is which is great. Um, however. Yeah, it's it's still on the same level. I would say the numbers they fluctuate from uh, one million up to one million hundred twenty thousand, something like that. Yeah, so. that's uh, that's a lot, really. And how at the beginning did you mm-hmm. put your mm-hmm. magazine out there and? Mm-hmm. I mean, get to these million readers audience. I think yeah. the main key was that we, um, the first issue, we had 11 editorials from people that were like really professionally acclaimed and they were at working with big fashion wings and they had exhibitions and they had huge social media following. And back then, 2000, in 2014, it was a big thing. So when someone would like uh, repost uh, or post on Facebook or, or Twitter, it would really, really drive traffic like crazy. Yeah. Um, so we, we would always pick the people that we liked, that we thought that are talented, that could represent our community well. But at the same time, uh, we were not really, I would say you cannot always focus just on the numbers. And I think that's the real key 
to success, you have to remain creative, not just to focus on the numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, obviously, the numbers kind of represent what you do. So you have to take care of how you're going to actually grow or scale the business. Uh, or, you know, the, the growth and the following, I would say, or the readership. So um, I think working with acclaimed and professional people is great. Same as working with um, so-called influencers. <laughs> I think that's a great strategy for um, organic growth. And so your issues are all available mm-hmm. on your website, right? Yes, they're available on the website. Uh, we and also all have free. a dedicated... Yeah, they're all free. Uh, however, you can uh, order the print also through our website because our mm-hmm. print is um, distributed in different magazine shops and in some of the hotels uh, all around mm-hmm. the world. However, you can also order the print issue through our website, which takes you to uh, a dedicated um, system where you can actually order and calculate the shipping and just, you know, have it at your home, basically. Yeah. Yes. So basically, since your magazine online is free, mm-hmm. how do you make money from mm-hmm. your business? Well, I would say we have a lot of different streams of revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the biggest thing is building sales channels through collaborations and partnerships. I think that's really a great way to grow and scale the business. Uh, since actually when you partner with some companies or even individuals that do have establishment or I would say all the resources available, it's, it, it really becomes easier for you to build a brand and also to, to basically have great revenue. So I would say that's the biggest part. Um, and also we make money, you know, through ads, we make money through ads in, in print, which is also a big thing. Uh, we make money through social media, which is a new way uh, of making money. Uh, we make money through sponsorships. Uh, which we do with some of the companies as well. We work with Fashion Weeks as well, which Mm -hmm. is a way. But I would say the biggest thing is um, that actually since a few years, we have um, a base of clients, which is actually like all our clients actually come back back to us on, let's say, I wouldn't say on monthly basis, but they come back to us on some sort of, you know, very kind of time-wise, time-manner basis. So it's very um, easy to kind of work with the old clients. And then we always look for uh, new opportunities through fashion weeks, through our partners and so on and so forth. So it's um, it's never-ending circle, I would say. So, yeah, it's always good. And how long after your launch you made you started making money? Uh, we launched in January 2014. That was the first issue, and then basically we since the issue number two. I mean, the second issue, we, we already had Chanel on the cover, the first collab. I would say, yeah, the, the the big thing started when we had Chanel on the cover, on the second cover. And um, we already had a lot of, I would say, a lot of numbers to pitch and a, a lot of things to present to companies. 
So I would say the the fashion one, the TV came, and a lot of different collaborators, the outnet, net porter like all these people, they kind of came to us because back then there were not many people that were actually online, you know, mm -hmm. and even the big magazines, they actually didn't do an online work back then. They would just mainly focus on print, which completely changed, I would say, from 2000, like 15 or 16 on. Like it started to completely shift and change and the whole industry turned into uh, some sort of social media uh, game. Uh, an online game but back then nobody would do that so we were really the one of the first people that started to publish online and and do the whole marketing online as well with the brands and so on and so forth so a lot of people came to us and that was the point we actually started to make money because we already had a readership of nearly one million from the first issue and that was really extraordinary back then so yes. when people would see that, they would really jump on it. And um, yeah, so we did the, the Chanel cover. And after that, we had a cover with Moschino, which was really, really big. That was like a really big hit. It was um, like really internationally pushed by Moschino. And um, it was even in their stores. And it was really great. So I think uh, it's always about finding like the right, I would say, time to to kind of push your, you know, idea. So back then it was kind of easy. Yes, and if there is someone who's listening who want to launch his <laughs> or her own fashion magazine, I mean, when you <laughs> say that you work with brands, what yeah. do you mean? What brands want for you? They want they maybe give you pieces to create an editorial and they pay you for this. Can you please explain how it works? Okay, so basically, um, I would say if someone works with or for a fashion magazine, you're basically in the middle of everybody or, or and of everything happening in the industry because you start to work with agencies, you start to work with fashion weeks, you start to work with influencers, celebrities, events, you start to work with brands. And working with brands is, can work in two different ways. First way, I would say, is that you agree on a free collaboration, which is that they will perhaps promote you in exchange of you publishing, right? But I would say that option is really for the beginners because when you actually have a team working for you and you, you pay them and you use different marketing and peer strategies to grow and you invest in it and then you actually see the growth in numbers and you see that you have the readership and you see the engagement and so on and so forth, I think it's time to actually start asking people for money I mean, it's start. It, it's time to um, start charging people for things. Um, and when I started, when we started the magazine, we actually um, didn't have a clear plan of how we're going to make money. But I can tell you that you know the second way of of working with brands, which I wanted to explain, is that you basically either agree on some sort of exchange, like material type of exchange, I don't know, clothes, tickets, whatever, which can be done. But we usually go for, you know, just um, providing services or publishing 
to to brands and they obviously pay for it since actually the second issue so um this is how we basically work we produce and and publish campaigns we produce editorials advertorials we work with different teams we work with different agencies and their clients so uh i would say we're like the middleman of of creating the industry which is very important i think yeah it told us that you're also content producer for companies such as condenas yes so correct. are you a freelance or is this a full-time job no it's um we actually have a partnership with condenas since december 2017 actually how we came how this whole partnership came together was because um i actually hired some people working full-time for condenas uh in 2015 and 16 on uh various projects for mass and they really loved working with me so we kept in touch and when they saw how the magazines being how the magazine is growing and how we scale it and how many clients we we actually had they were impressed and they came to me with an idea of a partnership so basically what we do is that we signed um um a contract whereas i can actually produce photo shoots and campaigns and content for condenas and have at the same time the license to have it published in mass so it's like a cross collab on a content um that's commercial basically so since then i i also produce for condenas and i can publish it in mass so i have this you know um producers rights to do it for different publications and hire different people for for the projects basically. So so far we've produced um around 25 different things together and it's been great. So yeah, it's it's been great working with uh, really top people I would say and at the same time have the ability to I would say exchange the the right contacts, exchange the right people on the team and um actually create something that's like a mutual idea and that works for a lot of different people basically because I don't know if a lot of people that are listening to this now realize but actually if you open a magazine um let's say if you open Vogue Brazil and then you open Vogue UK you can see the same photo shoot being published in the same franchise i would say in the same brand however it's in a different country and sometimes those photo shoots are being published with different timings so you can mm-hmm. see it in march and in that magazine you can see it in june mm-hmm. so basically if you do have the license to produce such content content as you're basically on board and um it all stays with the network of content as and they have the copyrights to use the photo shoot at any time uh and in any way so i would say we both share the commercial part but we also create the content which is great wow this is this is really interesting and it's the first yeah, that, time that's I... really um that's really i would say new and unusual um because actually i cannot tell you everything but i can just tell you that when 
the people from Condé Nast came to me, they were, how can I say this? They were really tired and they were really, um, they were really kind of disappointed of where the industry is going and how social media pretty much took over everything. And uh, we were trying to figure out how we can move on and move forward with new ideas but at the same time how we can target the the people that we want to reach with the content i sat down with the people from recruitment as well from Condé Nast, and mm -hmm. they told me a lot of different stories of how they actually recruit uh the editors or people working in marketing and so on and so forth and um, they told me that basically everybody has the same ideas or one idea which is to work with influencers and repeat the content you know with celebrities and events over and over and write about it and it's not interesting anymore unfortunately for for the readers and social media really changed a lot however if we want to stay artsy and if we if we want to really focus on the art of fashion then we have to come back to the original idea which is actually art and presenting the beauty to the world and i think with social media it's a little it became a little difficult because we see the same people doing the same things with the same brands or the same magazines. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, that was our synergy point because as an independent publication, I had um, really like those independent niche artists working with us in a lot of different locations and clients that were picked from different fashion weeks or different collaborators that necessarily Condé Nast is not working with. So it's it's a great partnership because they opened up, you know, a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities for me and for the magazine. And I gave them a little bit of direction, I would say. And that's it. You know, it's you always have to find a collaborator that you really kind of click with and that you really under like you guys understand each other on many many levels yeah the final goal i would say is we want to shape the industry by actually staying sticking to the original idea of you know art of fashion and and creating and putting the beauty out there of fashion not just a quick fast fashion and everything social media that's not necessarily the um, idea that's why i work a lot on editorials for example yeah that that's amazing i mean they saw your work and they reach out to you to us to collaborate i mean and condenas is such a big name so congratulations oh thank it's you really great. i mean no I, I i would like to add that um actually from my perspective and, and my point of view it's always about being lucky because the first time i actually met the representative from kindness uh from new york it was in london during london fashion week in an elevator mm. and um i have to say that i was actually uh in my own zone and back then i would say i was more introverted and kind of focused on the business side so I had my assistant with me and she started to talk to these guys and to this person specifically. 
because uh, he was asking, oh, what is Mass Magazine? Because he looked at the badges. And um, this is how we actually started to be in touch with them. So it was 2015. It's been like a long time, you know. Um, but it all started with a little bit of luck, I would say. Yeah, yeah but this story is really, is really amazing. I mean, yeah, sometimes you need a little bit of luck, but of course... If there isn't the mm -hmm. the work, the good work and the hard work, I mean, just luck is not yeah, enough. Absolutely. You need to, you need a lot of good work and you always have to you always have to constantly try to learn and improve your work. And um, I would say a lot yes. of people also forget about the right attitude whilst working with other people. So I think um, you know, everything counts pretty much but luck is mm -hmm. very important maybe it's the first thing you need to start but then if there isn't a good strategy it just happened if your work yeah. wasn't yeah what are the most important things to consider mm -hmm. when launching a fashion magazine what are the most important things right hmm i would say the most important question that someone would need to ask pretty much themselves is how do I want to be different because the market is really oversaturated and social media mm -hmm. as I said changed everything and you can create an Instagram account within a few clicks and just be there and you actually can hire people that will grow your Instagram and then you are actually a brand so I think a lot of people took that route to success and, and being out there and being visible and credible and all of that. And um, they, they actually didn't want to do something more such as magazine or becoming, I don't know, an editor working, you know, in a job. Creating a magazine, it's really a lot of work. And if you do not bring any value, any new value to the market, you're basically your uh, chances to survive are like close to zero, which is very sad, but very true. And um, so you have to really think and brainstorm. How do I want to be different? What do I want to create? How am I going to bring extra value to the market how i'm going to uh, build the channels the publishing channels the distribution channels uh the sales channels the marketing channels and all of that i think actually a lot of people these days wouldn't actually launch a magazine because you definitely need funding for that and you need extensive plan for the online and print and you need a lot of people working on that on daily basis so if you cannot afford to hire people full-time or part-time it's it's going to be really difficult and i would say in this era of publishing it's really difficult to launch a magazine i've been seeing a lot of new people in the market pretty much launching some magazines and closing the companies within a few months i would say first ask yourself a question if it's really worth it and if it's really something you believe in and then pretty much evaluate your chances evaluate the market do a lot of research on your competitors on what's out there who is 
creating the the content that you like that you value that you would like to somehow be inspired of and put up a great team together and just start doing things if you really believe in creating a magazine a magazine then that's the only way you just have to believe and step by step try to you know just um launch it some sometimes it's it's definitely like it's not easy to see something that's only existing in your head so you really have to push it and um it's it's the biggest work it's the biggest piece of work but um i would say the first thing is to really ask yourself whether it's worth it's worth it or not because it's going to be a lot of work yeah yes absolutely totally agree and how long does it take for you to to create mm-hmm. an issue right now we changed i mean we changed the whole concept of putting out the issues out there because when we started we were a bi-monthly print publication which back then would would work very well but you know the industry has been changing and the publishing industry has been changing a lot so um when things started to like turn out to be a little bit uh, i would say different and difficult as well we pretty much thought that we're going to publish you know every six months the print mm-hmm. book which is a book so now the whole process changed because we gather the content for a long time i would say it's not even six months it's nine or ten months so it's actually a lot of different things that we put in in, in the print book uh which is you know quite thick and kind of like a i would say it's kind of like an album of fashion i would say it's just um it's not just a paper magazine that comes out every month or every second month it's really a book so um we work a lot on that and we put a lot of different content in inside what do you like the most about your job i think the most the ability to to create so you're completely free fashion industry gives you so many opportunities to express yourself and be yourself and to be creative that is just amazing so i would i would say um this ability to create to to produce to publish to create a community because you know when you actually have a magazine and you feature all these designers and and uh professionals and creatives you really create a community it's like a, it's your family so i think that's the part that i like the most and a part of that i would say fashion weeks and traveling um are definitely like one of the nicest things that come with it but a lot of people think it's all about um the you know glam and it's all about being fancy and not really working but it's actually really a hard hard work and sometimes you work for like 14 hours a day because you have the a lot of different stuff to manage and you have a team to manage and you have a lot of shows and you know traveling can be really hectic i would say i traveled with this project to over 45 countries so like a lot of exhaustion i would say so yeah yeah those those three things i would say yeah I guess that when you see the issue mm-hmm. when it's finalized and you see the result you're 
I mean, the satisfaction mm -hmm. is really a lot. So what's your favorite part of creating the issue? I would say when we finally get the final, <laughs> like the official PDF, like, yeah, this is the product and you get the, the product, you get the issue and it's like, you don't have to tell the people to do any changes because I don't know, uh, I think that the most difficult part of putting the issue out there which is a book, a print book, is like we make so many changes. Because let's say 2014, 15, 16, when we were still bi-monthly, it was completely different because we had a lot of fresh content coming in and we would just put, let's say, 150 pages out there every two months. So it was very easy. We would use the templates and just, you know, pretty much... A load everything in two three days but when you work on a book it's like uh, days and months of work and changes so when you get the final pdf and you see everything is like how you want it to be then you're like wow finally and after that you just want to forget the whole process because it's a lot of work it's really a lot of work and coordinating people and teams and you know it's it's really a lot but it's it's a great feeling like you said it's yeah really, um, and how many pages on average do you have with this new concept which is bigger mm -hmm. i guess we do be between 400 and five 500 so wow. it's like three three times bigger thicker than the original one yeah and if this it's also pretty thick <laughs> yeah yeah and is this just available online or you do you have the print? Well, you can you can see it online or you can get it in uh, magazine stores which are listed on our website. Uh, but actually the online issue is available to be seen online for free on the uh, platform called issue.com which we started to publish with a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so we still upload it just for the fun of it. Uh, we still upload it there, I mean, for the fun of it, because it's um, it's actually a sentiment. Uh, I think a lot of magazines uh, started working with them and publishing because of them. And these days, it's um, you have to have your own system and your own platform, I would say, to publish. Uh, but still, a lot of people find it quite convenient to just flip through the pages of a magazine on that platform so you can actually see it there you can you can order it online you can see it in stores you can also see it in some hotels so everything is listed on our website yeah yeah and so since there is lots of hard work and i mean 400 mm -hmm. pages is a lot why have you decided to make it free for the online version and not oh i think um i think you always have to give in order to get things so i would say um also the readership you know stays on the on a pretty high level just because it's still free and i would mm -hmm. say the platform which we started working with in 2014 we're still the top publisher there so it brings a lot of it's basically a, a marketing tool i would say to bring mm -hmm. the um, you know, the actual sales and 
actually it brought us a lot of establishment within you know the online community um world as well as in in you know working with stores and so on and so forth because they actually see we've done a lot of work and we published it for free just because we wanted the traffic to come we wanted to to grow it and um we wanted to grow the you know the traffic and, and just basically get um more views and get more readers which we did so it worked very well i would say um as i said before it's not always about the numbers or it's not always about focusing hey i want to have a sale no you have to really give something in order to get it's a rule of investment pretty much yeah uh, I, we will always publish the issue that can be seen and you know online for free just because of the respect of our to our audience and to our readers that come back to us and obviously we might think about adding up additional ads that are like clickable and all of that but we actually um have the revenue from the ads anyway in the print so it's it's um you know it's a great way to say thank you i would say yes yeah. absolutely i love this so thank you so much domi for your time and all your tips thank i you. love this story and you were so transparent with sharing your information so i think all our listeners who maybe want to start a fashion magazine or want to work in a fashion magazine have more a clear idea of how it works so thank you so much no worries it was a pleasure and i really do hope that some of you found some inspiration or valuable insight of the fashion industry really like your platform i think thank it's you really inspiring and empowering young people you know to push themselves um yeah in the fashion industry, which is great i think this is what a lot of people need they need like advice from professionals so it's really exciting thank you so much i really hope you enjoyed this new episode of the global server podcast if so please do rate and leave us a review and subscribe if you want to listen to more conversations with fashion professionals and with me on tips on how to get into the fashion industry see you the next week